Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 52 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we talk with Maury Shepard, who is the founder of Metro First, which was the first flat fee brokerage in Oklahoma. He also won in 2018 the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Oklahoma Metropolitan uh, Association Realtors, awarded that last year. He's taken part in over 5,000 transactions. He's got a lot of wisdom. We're going to be talking with him today. But first, we're going to jump into the market. Last seven days in Oklahoma City, we saw 121 listings come off the market. The list price median coming in at 147.5 with a sold price of 143.900. That breaks down to $97.70 per square foot price with a selling price of $96.14. Folks, that translates to about a 1.6% discount when you're purchasing a retail property or residential property in Oklahoma City. Your average or your median days on market for that for this last week was eight days out of those 121 listings. On your REO market, kind of interesting, this last seven days, we saw three REOs close, and guess what? They closed for higher than the list price. That's the first time we've reported that this year. We're looking at a list price of $48.05 a square foot and closing out at $54.04 a square foot. That's a 5.9% price increase. Folks, stereotypical seller market behavior going on here in Oklahoma City. I want to jump into some news that's going on before we get to our guest today. Mixed-use project planned for Northwest 13th Street and Broadway. Broadway Avenue north of Northwest 10th continues to be a hotbed of activity with yet another project in the works. A group led by local attorney Richard Labarth is planning The Hub, a new six-story office building with ground floor retail and anchored by a branch for CoreBank and their corporate offices. The design by RBA Architects also shows a drive-through for the bank and a future phase that would include apartments and a parking structure on the 3.5-acre parcel. Just to the south, the new campus for the Oklahoma Contemporary Museum is pushing towards an opening in early 2020. While the Midtown Renaissance Group is deep into renovation of the former Mercedes-Benz dealership, turning that into office space. And at 11th and Broadway, the six-story Broadway Park office building is nearing completion. To the east of the hub, Dolesi Brothers currently has a sprawling 14-acre headquarters for sale as they construct a new building near Britain Road and Broadway Extension. Amy Dunn, Brent Conway, and Joe Summers of CBRE are handling the leasing for the hub. You can read more about that on OKCTalk.com. 
I want to talk a little bit about legal woes mounting for Farmers Bank. OKC Talk first reported after a six-month investigation, shortly after opening a high-profile bank branch in Midtown District of Oklahoma City, Farmers Bank of Carnegie found itself entangled in various regulatory and legal problems that continued to advance. Several claims of fraud. A new lawsuit has been filed by three bank shareholders claiming that they were fraudulently induced into investing by former CEO Aaron Johnson, who had been evaluated elevated to that post in 2016 at just 34 years old. After being the focus of an expansive bank marketing efforts, Johnson was abruptly replaced as president in February, but prior to his departure, the suit claims he facilitated a stock sale while withholding key information from investors R.D. Smith, Greg Smith, Derek Ott, all of Oklahoma City. The lawsuit claims Aaron failed to disclose the bank had been operating in an unsafe and unsound manner, and that regulators had been critical of Johnson's actions and had taken supervisory actions that were not adequately followed. The suit also claims all bank stocks that had been previously pledged to a loan to First State Bank and Darko, another material fact that was not disclosed to the plaintiffs in the case. The Smiths and Ott assert that they have been, had they been aware of this information, they would have never bought stock in this bank and are therefore seeking millions of dollars in damages from the bank's holding company. Aaron and Larry Johnson and former bank chief financial officer Chasey Robinson, who sold her stock holdings to R.D. Smith. You can read more about that interesting article on OKCTalk.com, but I want to get to our guest, Maury Shepard's in the studio today. Uh, Maury Shepard was the creator of Metro First Realty, which was really a new concept that had never happened before in the Oklahoma City market, which gave associates and brokers the opportunity to be a part of a brokerage that you would just pay a flat fee versus a percentage of all your deals that you did with that brokerage. It was first challenged as not a real brokerage. In fact, he received a lot of flack from some of his um, peers stating that uh, that was never going to last and that it was a terrible idea. And in fact, it's now turned into a seven seven location franchise. Uh, Maury, welcome to the show today. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Landon. Well, I had got my real estate license in 87, March of 87, and I did most of the uh, sales through or with the HUD properties. Back then, uh, there was a lot of HUD foreclosed on properties, so HUDs and VAs, I really really, uh, cut my I uh, got my teeth cut on that. And then I started branching out. In 1990, I got my broker license, but for 15 years, I was only a broker associate. I said only, but, you know, I was I was happy. I had thought about going out on my own. And then in the, the spring of 05, I found out more about the flat fee broker split, and there was a company in... Santonio, <clears throat> pardon me, Santonio, Texas, that was uh, doing it, and I just took their concept 
And in August 1st, on August 1st of 05, I started Metro First Realty, and I was the only licensee. Now, by 08, we had grown had some branch offices back then, and uh, I, just my office only, we had did a little over $78 million in production. And then in 09, we did a little over $104 million. And then in 2010, we did $123 million, and we were number six just in my office because the branch brokers, I treated them very nicely, and we always had our branch broker meeting, but I didn't put their production with mine except when we started having our uh, awards luncheon, and then, of course, it would all go together. And by 2013, I had we had done 201 million. Not me, believe me, it was an effort of all of the agents in our office. <clears throat> Pardon me, and we were number four. By 2016, we had done 284 million. Now we slipped to number five that year, but we had done 284 million in production. And in 17, 279 million. And then in 18, we did 293 million in production. And we were number three. We've been number three the last two years. And uh, with the production and volume of 293. Uh, $1,683,067. Average price was $188,560. And uh, we did a total, grand total of 1,557 units that that year. So now on 2019, year to date, we've done $210 million and uh, have had uh, 1,066 units uh, closed. Now, I was I was really proud that to have been building a team within Metro First Realty, my office on Britain Road, but then also the other branch brokers. And then in 2015, we decided to franchise, and so January of 16, I franchised. So each Metro First Realty office is independently owned and operated. And we do have franchisee meetings quarterly, and we brainstorm, we go ahead, and we try to think and say, see what we can do collectively and then as far as individually. Now, I had grandfathered all the franchisees in. I've had one to, to sell, and I had first right, but I didn't go ahead and exercise it. And then we did have an unfortunate situation with another one closing, but we've already got another broker in the, in, in their place. So everything is, is rocking along real good. We we look for the future. We think we are able to going to be able to continue to grow. I am looking actively for new franchisees. And I will do uh, all that I can to to help them get started. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to the future, Landon, to see what we can do. And uh, 
where the sky's the limit. You know, I think I think one of the powerful things about what your brokerage offers <clears throat> is that you had a dream that said, let's give the the majority of the commission back to the agent and let them decide where their marketing dollars should go. Yes. And I think what that created was a was an environment of a lot of entrepreneurial uh, success and that the agents were able to, to really uh, go out and, and market in the ways that they felt they needed to market uh, versus, I feel like, with Keller Williams and some other brokerages, they do a lot of the marketing on behalf of you, uh, which some people like. But I feel like for us, it's a real uh, entrepreneurial spirit that exists within this company. Would you agree? I would agree, Landon, with that wholeheartedly. Um, when I started, I wanted experienced agents, and so I said I wanted two years' experience and 20 closings because I knew I'd have to continue to list and sell. Now, And that started working, and we started growing, and then I had some of the agents come to me and say, we want, buy, we want to have a team, and I said, go for it. Well, we want newly licensed or inexperienced agents. And I said, as long as you're, help, you're willing to help train them, educate them, go with them on the first few listing appointments, uh, meet their buyers, have their buyers come in, you sit down with the buyers and them and explain the contracts, then I'm okay with it. And it has been successful, very successful. We've got uh, teams that uh, have had team members or have team members on, on their their teams for uh, 13, going on 14 years now. Mm. Wow. You know, Oklahoma City is a city now that is appearing all over the investment space throughout the world, really. Large part, there's a, websites like uh, biggerpockets.com, uh, zillow.com, a lot of different message chat features where individuals are now hearing about Oklahoma City for the first time and going, wow, I never would have thought Oklahoma City would be such a booming town. And it's really exploded over the last five years. Could you talk a little bit about the 35-year span you've had with Oklahoma City Mm -hmm. real estate and and just how things may have changed over the, the time period you've been serving? Okay. Well, like I say, when I first got my license, there were so many the HUD foreclosed on homes, VA foreclosed on homes. Um, the SNLs uh, had pretty much really went away, and there was you know, and it, it was it was tough, and uh, you know you had to you had to just work with what you got uh, to work with, and you know and sell those, and the, and the sales they were they were low. Even back then, uh, you know, it, it was nothing uncommon to have a HUD foreclosed on a property that would be in the forties or fifty thousand range, and uh, you know, and you didn't make a lot of commission, but you just you went ahead and sold them and and uh, say next, and so that that from that you we had some good growth periods, we've had some slowdowns, but again. Um, all in all, the Oklahoma City market is just—it has just blossomed like crazy, and you know—and and I'm saying the Oklahoma City market, but I'm including a lot of the surrounding uh, cities and towns. Uh, so I'd say it's, it truly is a metropolitan area 
that has just just blossomed. And it started shortly before the uh, the uh, uh, unfortunate situation with the bombing on in uh, April of ninety three ninety five because the maps uh, got on the agenda and, and was passed in ninety three. But because of what happened with the bombing of the Murrah building and people rallied around, it it just exploded us in a good way, not that it, and we don't want another explosion like we had then, but it exploded with the with the maps with with people coming in and and seeing how and knowing and visualizing and being able to really see how the city and the people in Oklahoma were genuinely interested in each other and helped each other. For those that uh, have attended the the, uh, annual uh, marathon, a lot of you marathon runners are familiar with the Memorial Marathon that we now host here every year in Oklahoma City which is a 26-mile uh, run in commemoration of the of the bombing. And, and I think uh, it's like 20,000 people, something like I, that. I think it is. I don't run choppers, myself. Choppers, follow but... everybody. And they've, they've recently announced that the Thunder, which is our NBA team here, are, have got a new uniform that, that commemorates yes. the bombing. So um, interesting stuff. So we then kind of hit a lull during the 2008 and really it hit us and what would you say 2009 2010 is when the housing collapse the recession really kind of hit oklahoma city yeah, it, it was early of 09 and then we didn't rebound till probably 2011 20 you know uh, quite a bit and then by 2013 we were really doing so good hmm and you know, I think what would you attribute that to the the low cost of living here? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's some of the lowest cost uh, places of major cities in in the U.S. And you know, and we've got so much diversity here, and uh, you know, so that that is just been one of the best growth spurts we could have because of our uh, very nice priced homes and you can you know and still they're going up in value yes and, and it is more expensive but we're still we're still low I know some of you listeners have heard me rant about this before but <clears throat> Oklahoma City is considered what we call linear market in that we don't experience huge highs, but we also don't experience the huge lows. And in 2009, after the recession had hit, our market saw a bottom end of 7% decline total. That was it. 7% depreciation is all Oklahoma City experienced during the recession. And that's really a testimony to the linear nature of what some people call the Midwest, which were actually the Southwest when you look at it mathematically. But I think the latest poll says 40% of the people in Oklahoma City believe we're in the Midwest. So you can go either way. Midwest, Southwest, you get it all here in Oklahoma City. But um, what would you say to those that are thinking of investing in Oklahoma City now? 
is it going to continue to rise in prices? Well, I, I think so. Now, we, we hear that there may be a recession coming in the U.S., and it may be hit in, uh, next year, 2020, the latter part, the fourth quarter, and then 2021. But I still think it's it's going to be good. And as an investor, now is the time. The interest rates are so good. They're lower. Um, you know, even if you have to put down more uh, down payment as an investor, you still get more bang for the buck, so to speak, within Oklahoma City metro than you would most any other city of our size or even larger. What do you think is the future for Oklahoma City's job market? Uh, very good. I mean, we're you know we've got very low. I, I'm not sure, Landon. You probably know better than I, but our uh, unemployment is is really quite low, and you know, and it's just going to continue to be low, and the job market is just booming with everything, Amazon and everyone else that's either has come in or is coming in, and Boeing, is, of course, is already here, but and then with Tinker Air Force Base, I mean, it's just it is phenomenal. You've been listening to the voice of Maury Shepard, who's the founder of Metro First Realty. He's also uh, the CEO of the company and comes in every day, uh, works uh, just like the rest of everybody else. Uh, Last year, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory were sold through the agents that work at Metro First, number three in the city. And, you know, being in this office, some of you have heard the laughter in the back and the and the folks running around the sales office. If you're not engaged in real estate every day, you don't quite get the liveliness of the market. And when we see these contracts coming into the baskets and agents coming in and signing deals, you really get a part of what this kind of Wall Street environment is that's Oklahoma City real estate in 2019. This has really been an exciting year. We've had over 20,000 people moving here a year. And we really see no end in sight to that. Uh, More folks from the West Coast are coming here every day. Colorado, New York, Florida, all flocking to Oklahoma City. Because again, they're getting beautiful houses uh, at a fraction of the cost. And in some cases, just paying cash, not even having a mortgage. And then able to uh, fly to the beach or wherever they want to go. We have a great airport here. So, Maury, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Landon. You can visit more information on okcrealestateshow.com. You can click the newsletter icon on there. You can put in your email address. We'll try to keep you up to date on what's going on in the Oklahoma City market. You can also head over to OKC Real TV, where we'll be featuring live music as well as events that strike our fancy here in the swanky new town of Oklahoma City. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.